This is Why, with your hosts Heidi Heidquist and Luke Poling. So I think episode one, since this is the first time people are getting into this thing and are saying, what the fresh hell am I listening to? Yes. We need to offer some explanation of what this show is. Agreed. So the goal of our podcast is to bring you with every single episode, a conversation with another person who has some sort of interesting story to tell. Think of it as an ongoing cocktail party with just fascinating characters everywhere you look, or if you want to be more pretentious, we're some sort of salon. You know, in the world we live in, maybe the easiest and, and the most positive thing that we can do now is try to understand another person. So that's what we're going to try to do. Yeah, that's it. Um, and we do that for episode one, and then we're good going forward. Yes. We are joined today by Ken Siminski. Ken is the owner, founder, and lead investigator of Portal Paranormal Society. Thanks so much for being here, Ken. Thank you for having me. So, you're a ghost hunter. Why? I'm a paranormal investigator, and um, because like a lot of people, I'm, I'm curious about what comes after we're here, after we're, we've left this plane. And do you have any more answers than you did when you started this? Um, I, if anything, I have more questions. <laughs> but um, but I, I guess, uh, yeah, we have, you know, I, I'm definitely uh, more of a believer. I'm always a skeptic. I mean, when we get cases from oh, business owners or individuals, uh, we approach it from a skeptical standpoint, um, because if we can debunk it, it's definitely not paranormal. Mm-hmm. So how did all this start? What was your first, can we call it ghostly experience? Um, I guess we can. Um, well, let's do that I, then. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, if we want to go all the way back, um, I actually had a, an NDE or a near death experience, um, mm-hmm. which, um, put me in the position of floating above myself. Um, and at the ripe old age of eight, I didn't understand what all that was about. Um, Fair enough. but eight, about eight years later when I started reading about, um, you know, typical teenage, you know, ghosts and paranormal and occult and, you know, kind of started to get an interest in that end of it. I ran across out of body experience and thought, wow, that's kind of what I did. And so that started um, a big, uh, uh, that started the quest probably when I was about 16. Um, you know, so fast forward, what, 37 years or so, and uh, here we are. And so is that the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you? Um, uh, no, <laughs> it's not the creepiest <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, the creepiest thing probably involved a case that we had a few years back um, that involved an apparition of a small child um, to uh, the medium that's on our team asking, why won't you come help me? And it, um, it was also that, that, that child, that apparition was also present for a case that occurred a year and a half before that. Um, As it turns out, the two cases which are 
four and a half hours separate from each other um mm-hmm. and it's 400 miles one was in alpina and the other one was in gregory michigan uh all the parties involved knew each other and um i believe it was probably the darkest case we had um however that said um we weren't able to invest investigate the second case because the uh the homeowner who um we were told was the husband of this uh, of this lady who was actually the boyfriend uh, wouldn't let us investigate the um, the uh, case. I know with a a lot of the stuff you deal with, you know, it's not all fun and games by any means. Um, why do you put yourself in a position where you you might be dealing with something that might be a little bit darker? Basically, Portal was uh, founded to help people who are having those issues. And so um, over time, gaining experience and reading, which I recommend anyone that wants to uh, do this, do plenty of. Uh, we don't read anymore as a society, and a lot of people don't. And um, it's one of the best things you can do to educate yourself in, in regards to doing this. Um, I did it because... I founded this team and I, 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 I made it our mission to help people in their homes because in a lot of cases, people don't have to be terrified in their homes. I would say probably um, 80% of the time, it's, it's explainable. It's a natural uh, occurrence. And when it's not, um, I would say 98% of the time that it's not, um, it's benign and it's just looking for a little attention or you can get it to leave or, you know, it's nothing to really worry about. And that other 2%, well, that's so rare that generally speaking, you don't have to worry about that. So now for ghosts in the home, do they stay in one room or do they move about? Well, it depends on what kind of haunting it is. If it's a, there's a, a couple different kinds. And if it's a residual haunting, it's sort of like a tape player. So every other month on the 30th, um, old Aunt Edna walks from the kitchen to her bedroom. And mm-hmm. she doesn't know or care that you're there. Um, that's a residual haunting. It's sort of like a tape player just plays over and over. Um, an intelligent haunt, or in other words, you know, knock twice on the wall and you get, you know, uh, exactly. Uh, that type of haunt is a little more involved. And those um, are where we try to do most of our study. Mm -hmm. And those, it just depends on what it wants to do. We've had um, ghosts uh, or spirits or whatever it is we're talking to. uh, We've had the same names come up in different buildings that are on the same street. Is there a difference between how do you define a ghost versus a spirit versus... I know there's a whole list of terminology, but I know those are two that tend to be intertwined a bit. Well, I mean, ghost and spirit, it's sort of potato and potato in, in my yeah. viewpoint. You know, it's, it's we, we, we can't really say with certainty, 100% certainty what it is we're talking to because no one, you can't scientifically prove it. Um, you know, we know that we are getting voices that were not present in the room when we asked the question. Um, at times we get, uh, you know, if we get an EVP, an electronic voice phenomena, that's where you ask, you know, who's in the room with me and you don't hear anything. But when you review the audio that you recorded, you get, it's me, Bob, or 
whatever. Um, and there are AVPs, which, you know, you ask who's in the room with me and you hear with your ears. It's me, Bob. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, how many ghosts are named Bob? Um, none that I'm aware of. Um, <laughs> as far as summoning them, like you said, with that, is there, is there anybody I can summon by just saying their names three times? I'm thinking, of course, of Beetlejuice and Candyman. <laughs> um, no, not that I'm, I don't think we really summon them. We, we can ask them to come into the room with us, but uh, mm-hmm. we don't really go through a ceremony for summoning. Um, so you mentioned, like, how do you get rid of a ghost? Or are you just stuck with it forever and ever? In, in a lot of cases, um, if, you just, if, you, if you take ownership of your home and you just say, look, you're not welcome here. This isn't your home anymore. You're, you need to move on. Um, you say it with some amount of force to it. Um, a lot of times they will go or they'll just uh, chill down to the point where you may not know they're there. Um, there are types that won't leave. We're dealing with a case right now. Well, I'm helping out with a, uh, another group's case where that's kind of the situation. And we try to get them to kind of just cross over or move on. It depends on what's going on. A lot of the times um, they're sticking around because they're attached to something, the house itself or something in the home or a person that's in the home. Um, and those are a little trickier. No one can actually force them to leave. So if a if my grandmother is haunting me, am I just stuck with her or can I get other ghosts? Like, can I swap out? How does that work? <laughs> I don't think you can swap out, but um, okay. you can try to make the best of it. If it's your grandmother and she's, uh, she liked you, I guess that wouldn't be a bad thing. You know, you might get to, uh, you might ask her if she can still uh, manipulate, you know, the stove and do some cooking for you. Or... <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Like, how would I get along with the ghost of my grandmother? Would we watch Wheel of Fortune together? Uh, or... You might, you might okay. indeed. <laughs> All right. So now I know you've done events and stuff at the, the Howell Theater. Yes. Now they are haunted by a lion, correct? Uh, there, we, we have reason to believe there may be the spirit of a lion there. Um, uh, in, the, uh, in the history that we dug up, uh, there were um, a couple of um, gentlemen who were sort of local historians, and they actually mentioned the lion uh, during the vaudeville era. The theater is going to be 90 years old this year. And during the vaudeville mm-hmm. area, there was a circus that had come through and had, one of the animals was sick. One of the lions was sick and it passed away. Well, what do you do with a you know dead lion? Well, you bury it and they buried it behind the theater. At least this is what we were told. We could never verify that 100%. Um, there was never any records that we found that they buried it there. There were obviously no records that they exhumed it. We assume it's still there. If it was buried, why would you dig it up? Um, and, um, on our first private investigation at the theater, um, one of my, uh, well, my co-founder, Jen, she was sitting at the, uh, intersection of the aisleway and the stage. She was sitting on the stage at where the aisle meets it. And mm-hmm. I was sitting about halfway up on the left side and we had two or three other people sitting in the uh, theater and you could see a large, low shadow um it didn't have the shape of a line but it kind of moved like one and what i mean was it moved very fast past us down the aisle i got enough um i looked up and i i got jen look you know i was going to tell her to look out she saw Mm -hmm. it 
she screamed, this thing kind of jumped uh, from about 10 feet and it dissipated around her. So it, was, it, it kind of moved like an attacking animal. Do we know for sure it's the lion? Of course not. It didn't have that kind of shape. It was sort of blocky. Um, mm-hmm. But it moved like one. And when we ask about the lion, like, what does the lion have a name? We were told Pete. So, a lion named Pete? It's a good name okay. for a lion. Pete is a good name. Peter the lion. I didn't know it's... Yeah. I mean, I guess Pete to his friends, probably. Versus not. Um, so... <laughs> How do you get Pete to move? Or well, do you? we don't right now. He did that on his own. Um, or he moved on his own? Well, yeah. I mean, he, he, when, he, when we saw that, that shadow, it, we didn't ask it to move. It, it just went after her. Uh, mm-hmm. Since then, I've been sitting on the stage at that, you know, hoping that he'll come after me. But that has not happened yet. It's been four years. So Okay. So you can't like put down like ghost meat and yeah no <laughs> no no okay We're ghost um, now you've done these events at the theater for a few years and I'm assuming you do other type things like that in other places around uh, where you live. Are you worried about annoying the ghosts at all? No, um, um, we do they just like the attention. Well, it varies. Uh, depends on, you know, there's individuals as, as we are, obviously. Um, we always say happy in life, happy in death. Uh, so if you happen to run into crabby ones, they're likely people that were a little crabby during their lives. Um, the, the spirits at the Hall Theater, um, one theater seems, theater number two seems to be a lot more easygoing, a lot happier. Um, theater one, um, they're a little grumpy in that theater. They're mm-hmm. more apt to, uh, to want to just be left alone, but, um, they're not willing, they're not unwilling to talk to you. Now your, your group is made up of a lot of people. You're not the only one that's out here doing this. You have a whole slew of people that work with you, correct? Yeah. Um, our group, um, we come from all walks of life. We have a uh, licensed, um, uh, we have a, a, a lady that's licensed in psychology. We have uh, her husband's a medical doctor. We have a retired auto worker. We have um, uh, someone who owns her own PR firm. We have just all walks of life. We have, um, um, you know, all types of interests, all religious backgrounds. We have Catholics and uh, Protestants. Uh, we had a Buddhist. We have a witch. Um, so we have all different backgrounds and we think that helps our clients because you get a lot of different viewpoints. So what is the, as we're going through the people in the, in your group and, uh, what exactly, what kind of equipment do you use to hunt for these ghosts? Well, we use all the latest technology, uh, that you would see on any of the shows. Uh, we use items to detect EMF fields, which are electromagnetic frequency fields um we also uh use uh itc um devices which are instrumental transcommunication devices those are sort of those are like spirit boxes or apps um spirit boxes they're spirit apps well there are apps that you can use to uh to in an itc format yes so 
Uh, huh. the, I've uh, just been playing solitaire. I, the, I'm doing this all wrong. You're missing out. You're missing yeah, out. Yeah, apparently. Um, so the, uh, the spirit box is a modified radio. And okay. basically, it's, um, it's a device that you can, in, in the ones that we have, you can control the sweep of the radio, whether it goes forward or back. And you can also control the speed at which it, it uh, sweeps the stations. So I usually have it set on the fastest sweep, so therefore we're not really getting too much interference from the stations. Visually, if you picture a pair of train tracks, you have on one track white noise, on the other track you have the radio stations. You're listening for answers in between the tracks, if that makes sense. Um, Sort of the static between the stations? Sort of, yeah. So it's sort of the white noise. It incorporates the white noise. Are you doing that on AM or FM? And how often are you interrupted, like, by a baseball game in Spanish? (laughs) Both of them. And uh, since we're sweeping quickly, it doesn't interrupt. Uh, Occasionally we'll hear a taco or, you know, such, uh, you know, enchilada. Rush Limbaugh, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, but but it's uh, it's really interesting. And actually it brings up a good point. One of the uh, criticisms of that tool is that while well, you're sweeping radio stations, you're going to get words. Well, that's true. So mm-hmm. we try to think outside the box when we're using it. Uh, and we, um, outside the spirit box. And so we, when we ask our questions, we partially provide an answer. And what I mean by that is, if you ask who's in this room with me, give me your name, um, I give them part of the answer. I say, please say it like this. Say, Ken, my name is, and state your name. And that is five words. And five words will take approximately eh, one to two seconds to say. And at 10 radio stations per second, that's about 20 stations. So if I can get five words in the same voice, which is exactly what I asked for, over 20 stations, I'm sure there's a statistician out there someplace that could figure out the odds. What what do you see normally and what do you see if you, if there's something there? Well, that's a good question, too. Uh, when we enter a location, we take baseline readings because it will vary a little bit. Well, I've been in homes where the normal baseline reading of EMF is 0.2, which is uh, milliwest. Mm-hmm. And I've been in homes where it's 62. So the normal average reading is somewhere between 0 and, say, point seven that's probably normal if it's elevated it's usually because um you're near a uh um, a source of electricity you know you're near the fuse box or or it's not wired quite right uh we we were in a house where none of the rooms were below 60 and we went and looked at the fuse box and it i mean it was clear they were that it was not professionally wired (laughs) So that's something we, you know, let them know too, because you might want to have that looked at. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would recommend that. Mm-hmm. So on the ghost shows, they're always there at the dead of night with those like Blair Witch cameras. Yeah. Is there a ghost that shows up at 8 a.m. <laughs> and is making coffee or? God, I wish there was one that made coffee. I wish there was one that mowed the, <laughs> mowed the lawn. Um, a good waffle would not be yeah, terrible either. It would be horrible. Maybe some crisp bacon. Um, actually, the reason uh, we um, do our investigating at night is, uh, is it's going to seem obvious, but it, there's less traffic, there's less foot traffic, 
Uh, so there's therefore mm-hmm. less contamination when, uh, when we're recording. But uh, there are, you know, hauntings happen during the day. I, I, the one time I had something follow me home, um, I was here by myself. None of the animals were here. And um, I heard footsteps uh, coming up uh, stairs, you know, so, uh, and it was broad daylight. So, Is he still with you? So how soon after that? Oh, no. How'd I was going to say, how her? soon after that did you move? Oh, we didn't. I just had, I just asked it to leave. And that worked. It did. I'm so just, here's my thing. I have trouble getting it up to go out and leave the house and hang out with living people. How do you do it with people who aren't even there? Um, well, you mean aren't there physically? Um, you know, I, okay, I, sure. I, I think um, I just think there's there's they 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 hold answers. It's uh, it's a bit of a personal belief. Uh, you know what you think of. Everyone has their own view of what what happens when it's all over here. Um, but mm-hmm. but we ask uh, questions like one of the questions we ask. You're gonna love this. One of the questions we asked often is, is sex uh, still uh, possible after you pass? And I, and the reason we asked that is because we've done recordings in places that were empty. And I will tell you, um, according to these recordings, it's very possible. So when we ask, I would say 99% of the time we get yes. So how do you feel about this woman that has had sex with over 20 spirits and is leaving her fiance for a spirit? Well, see, that's a little different. I think, I think spirit to spirit is possible. I don't know that. I know that incubus. Love is love, Ken. Yes, it is. (laughs) No hate here. No hate hate here. I mean, if if that's true, then uh, I would think it would be more of an incubus type situation but um you know who's the, i i've never asked to have sex with a spirit I, I you know so i don't know if, if it's possible i will say this about this we did have a case where uh my co-founder uh we we, were, we had investigated uh what used to be a biker bar and oh my god uh, yes yeah, tell me more tell me this. more you're gonna love this so so in the evps that we were getting one of the one of the occupants, and I don't know if he was a bike or not, the bar had changed hands several times after that. Um, we found that there was a spirit who identified himself as Chris, and he was, uh, shall we say, very uh, attracted to my co-founder. Well, at the, the, the day after the investigation, um, my co-founder is uh, getting ready to step into the shower, literally just step into the shower, and on her rear end. Uh, she got smacked on her butt. And she was just, at first she was like, did that just happen? So, it's all right, well, nice maybe it did, maybe it didn't. <laughs> it is. So day two, same thing happened. She's about to step in the shower and, you know, on her rear end. And she's like, all right. So she kind of peeked out the door. There was no one outside the door. The door was closed. So day three, it happens a third time. And at that point, she kind of figured out it must be this Chris guy because something, you know, you know, paranormal was happening. And she said, look, that's not cool, Chris. You go back to the bar. I will come there every couple of weeks and I will talk to you. But this is not acceptable. 
And it didn't happen again. And true to her word, every couple of weeks she would go back to this bar and she would uh, go into the game room where he hung out, supposedly, and she would chat with him. And then he never came back. So the hardest thing I'm having trouble believing is that there's a biker named Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may not be I mean, like, well, like Buzz, I'd be cool with, um, Knuckles, yeah. Popeye, yeah. you know, like. Killer, yeah. What is that turnaround time from living to ghost? Um, we, are you instant? Are you just dead? And then all of a sudden you're back and your clothes are all ripped. Well, or I, do you have <laughs> 20 years off? You can rest up. Um, you know, yeah. you know, it's an interesting case. Why do some stay and others you never hear from? Um, right. I guess we'll find out someday. I, I can speak for my own NDE experience. It was, it was fairly peaceful. Um, it wasn't even disturbing looking down at myself as much as it was uh, peaceful. Um, mm -hmm. But that's my case. I don't know. You know, I, I hadn't killed anybody. I hadn't done anything tragic or, or been uh, killed myself. Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't know what the experience would be for those that type of individual. It's an interesting question, though. That's something I might pursue. My last question, I don't know if you can answer this. Uh, as uh, Roy Parker Jr. once said, does busting make you feel good? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's, it is it is satisfying uh, to a certain extent to be able to uh, help a client who's terrified in their own home and either debunk what, they're, what they think is going on or confirm it. I, I can't tell you, most of the people who call us are not, as terrified as they are, they're worried about their own mental well-being, and mm -hmm. you know they're having these experiences that they can't explain. Well, I can either show them that it's their pipes in their walls, or I can show them that, well, you do have something going on because we caught this, this, and this. Um, it's it, you know, and you know, depending on what the evidence is, we we might recommend something for them. Well. Ken Siminski, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Heidi, do you want to go down the list of ways for people to find Ken if they are uh, are afraid of ghosts? Or they want to find some ghosts. Um, That's true, yes. Yes, the best way to find Ken is to contact Par portalparanormalsociety.com. Again, it's portalparanormalsociety.com. Uh, they're based in Michigan, but I believe I'm correct in saying that they travel across the country um, and have uh, colleagues across the country in their network that they can connect people with as well. Uh, so Heidi, what did we what did we learn this week? Ghosts can move with you; they can follow you home. Um, they're also sexual harassers. Um, yeah, and they. They can stay in one place. Some we don't know if they get to pick out their outfits. Yeah, uh, some ghosts are lions. Yeah, um, I'd like to meet a lion ghost, actually. Well, here's hoping. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today. If you're so inclined, please subscribe to hear more of why you can find us wherever all fine podcasts are found, and also at our website, whythepodcast.com. If you have a story you'd like to share with us or would like more information, please don't hesitate to email us at thepodcastwhy at gmail.com. 
Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our theme song is performed by the Electrosynthomatic Polyphonic Orchestra. This is for Philippe, who is hopefully resting comfortably. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home.